get our Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, the little book, right after Psalms and Proverbs. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Good to see you tonight. Good to be in the Lord's house. Good to have so many people standing in line waiting to lead the singing. Justin was just one of them. There were others, many others. Not exactly. But I appreciate people willing to serve, don't you? I appreciate servants of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you have that in your Bible there. And let's read beginning in verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down it's talking about your car. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Again, verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. You know, our theme has to do with time this year, knowing the time. And um, one application of that theme of us knowing the time is we've been emphasizing end times, recognizing the signs of the times. I think they're pretty evident. The things that God put in the Bible, we have God's truth that he's given us that relate to future events so we can recognize the times that we live in. But one of the principles related to time is the stewardship of the time that we've been given. And I think this passage speaks to that. So we're going to look at that together. And let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for your word tonight that we have the privilege of reading, of meditating upon, of studying Lord, of letting you speak to our hearts through it, hiding it in our hearts, living by it. We thank you for that. And we again pray for your help tonight as we listen, as we learn, as I speak. Lord, help us to grow in grace. Help us to uh, benefit from the study of your word tonight. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Solomon wrote this little book, the book of Ecclesiastes, um, and of course we know Solomon 
not according to our opinion, but according to God's opinion, was the wisest man on the planet. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? And he, he refers to himself in the very first verse of the book. He says, Ecclesiastes, or the preacher, in verse 1 says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. He was the king, and he was incredibly wise. But uh, this book of Ecclesiastes is one of, one of the most challenging books, really, in the Bible. There's several of them that are more challenging than others. But there was a dark, this book of Ecclesiastes kind of reveals a dark side of Solomon, the struggles he had. We did a series a few years ago making sense out of life because Solomon had so many things going for him. He, had, he was the wealthiest man. People traveled hundreds of miles just to see his wealth. He was the king. He had great authority. He had a number of wives, several hundred wives, and he, which makes you, never mind. So he was a wise man. He was a wealthy man. And he had uh, a lot of, he, he wrote about so many things. He wrote about the, the birds and animals. And, but the book of Ecclesiastes really talks about a time, he's recording a time where he really lost perspective of life. You'll remember he said this many times, all is vanity. All, everything is emptiness. There's nothing really fulfilling. And that's because he was putting his, his pouring his life into his, his wealth and his wisdom and, and all these kind of things rather than really, he lost perspective. Remember how he started gaining this wisdom? This is all kind of an introduction. When he asked God, when God said, came to him in a dream and said, Solomon, you know, whatever you want, I'll give you whatever you want. And he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for a lot of wives. He didn't ask for friendships. He didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for health. He didn't ask for authority and power. He asked for this. I want wisdom. I need wisdom. There's the job that I've got, the task that I've got is way, way beyond my ability. Please help me. And God said, I'm going to help you. And not only will I help you with wisdom, I'm going to give you all these other things. So he had all this stuff, but he got his eyes off the Lord. And it's a sad testimony. But here he's writing something about time. And, he, and, he, and he, in a sense, he kind of breaks time up into uh, different measurements in verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. I believe in the way we use the word season, it's a period of time. We think of the four seasons of, uh, of the calendar year, the winter and summer and spring and fall. Seasons are... A, period of time, but I believe the word time is talking about a specific time, and all time is not the same. You know, we could say uh, today, for instance, we could say today, I have an opportunity to make this decision, and we could say I'll have the same opportunity tomorrow to make that decision, but that's not true, because time is not always the same, and seasons are not always the same. Every season is not the same. It's true in our calendar year. We think about the seasons we experience, and it's true about seasons of life. Every season of life is different. Youth is a lot different from uh, some of you who are older, not myself included. Seasons of life are different. They're unique. They're not all the same. Some people, um, 
you know, wish they could be older. If, we, if I could just be older, that's the way young people think sometimes. And older people are thinking, boy, I'd do anything if I could be younger. And uh, so we don't always get to choose some things about seasons and time. You know, seasons are different. Some people in our church love the snow. Some people in our church hate the winter. Seasons are different. We don't always get what we prefer. But we don't always get what we want in life, do we? It doesn't work that way. So I'm reading this passage, and I'm, I want to I just take the, the verses that we read tonight, these first eight verses, and just look at a few basic thoughts about time and about seasons. And the first one is this, and I'm not going to cover all of them, but I'll cover, I'm going to group them into several categories. But the first one is this, times and seasons are often out of our control. There are certain things about life you don't have any control of. That's why it says, for instance, in verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die. These are events that we don't have any say about. Now, in our world, in 21st century, in our world, people are trying to control that a lot more. And trying to control when they die, they try to control, you know, they try to extend their life. And I think we ought to be healthy and take care of ourselves. But at the end of the day... God chooses that for us. You didn't have any choice about when you would be born. If a mother had a choice about when the baby would have been born, Michelle Bodge's baby would have been born weeks ago. But that's, we don't get to choose that stuff, right? It's, these, are, these are things that are in God's control. They're out of our control. And God has a purpose. And God has a sovereign plan. And... We may not have any control over that. There are a lot of events that if we could have changed, we would have changed the way they happened. We would have done that. But we couldn't change the timing of them. We couldn't change the outcome of them. And so that's the first principle. I'll spend the least amount of time on that one. Times and seasons are often out of our control. And that's a good thing to remember. That someone's in control or in charge. And... If he decides it's time for us to make our exit from this life, then he has his reasons for it. We believe that. The second, the second thing that I want to really emphasize here, though, is that there are matters in life that are what I would call time-sensitive. In other words, there's a, there is a shelf life on those opportunities. For instance, in verse 2 it says, A time to be born and a time to die a time to plant, and a time to pick up that which is planted, a time to harvest. So there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. If you, you know, if you were to go out right now and start harvesting your corn, you would be too early. You can't harvest corn until it's ready. If you would have waited until now to plant your potatoes, you've waited way too long. So, so these, these matters, we have some control over them when we plant, and when we harvest. So there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And if you hope to be fruitful, I know some of you have a garden, um, and if you hope to be fruitful and your garden produce, you need to plant at the right time, at the appropriate time. Driving home the other day, my wife and I were observing cornfields uh, down in southern uh, Missouri as we come up from Paducah, Kentucky and come across that way. 
uh, down around the boot hill. And there's some corn along the river that's about that tall. And within a matter of a few miles, a few minutes, there's corn that's about that tall. Now, some of that has to do with the soil. A lot of that has to do when it's planted. So, so there, there's, these are matters of time and seasons that are time sensitive. And we ought to be prepared to harvest at the appropriate time. We were, this is not something we see much of around here, but we were witnessing uh, when we were in Virginia, wheat uh, being harvested, the combines harvesting at this time, and, and it's, the, it's harvest time for that. Now, here's, the, here's, the, here's one of the lessons about this to really bring it home to our life, and that is if we're not paying attention, we may miss opportunities because they're time sensitive. Every Every opportunity does not remain the same. On, on a spiritual level, we, let's think about opportunities, for instance, in evangelism. You know, uh, we, you, there's a sowing and there's a reaping in evangelism. If you don't, if you don't sow, you're not going to reap. And we, we may sow and someone else reaps. Someone else may sow and we may reap. But, but we have to be... Led, we have to be sensitive. We have to sow. We have to be sowing and reaping. Same thing in the matter of giving. There's a lot in the Bible about about reciprocity when it comes to giving. Give, and it shall be given unto you. God, God says that. I, I didn't make that up. God says that when you give, it'll be given unto you. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, inspired words: He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now these are, these are matters that we have some control over. We, the sowing, we have control over. We don't always have control over the reaping, but we have more control. We have much more control over the sowing than we do the reaping. You could plant, you could plant potatoes, or you could plant okra, you could plant something, plant it too early, and it comes up and the frost kills it. So... We have some control over planting. And some people may wonder why they never, never see God move in any particular way as far as uh, giving, giving in a way that they get a tangible way. They can say, you know, this is, a, this is God blessing the fact that I've given and I've trusted Him, but that may be because they're not sowing. We, have, we, we will reap. That's what the Bible says. We shall reap in due season if we if we faint not. Isn't that a good promise? We are going to reap. So let's, let's just review. In this, in this passage, Ecclesiastes 3, where Solomon writes about sowing and reaping and, and, and breaking down and building up, the first thing is times and seasons are often out of our control. You know, you could plant, you could plant a garden and the right perfect time and Everybody in agriculture knows this. You could, we could come into a drought. We could have severe heat. And it just won't produce like it otherwise might have produced. We don't, we don't have control over everything. But there are matters in life that are time sensitive. And we could talk about many of those things. Talk about training our children. Talk about investing in our children. Think about financial investments or whatever a person might do to try to get a return on his on his money, those things are time sensitive. And we need to be 
sensitive about the time. We need to be, we need to be recognizing that the longer you sow, the longer you're going to reap. Isn't that a good thing to know? It's, a, it's really a blessing to know. And there, now here's the third principle from this text that I want to look at, and we'll spend the majority of our time on this. Times and seasons require discernment. And if you look at most of these examples here in Ecclesiastes 3, they fall under this category. For instance, in verse 3 it says, A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. And that's saying that there are certain times, and you can apply this to a lot of areas of life. As a matter of fact, let's hold your finger right there in Ecclesiastes and go to the right to the book of Jeremiah. You're going to go to Song of Solomon, then Isaiah, uh, Isaiah and then Jeremiah. And look in Jeremiah chapter 1. This has to do with the ministry, the call of the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. And God records, he didn't record us this for us about every one of his servants, but he certainly does about Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, um, verse 4, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So we get the record of his call into the prophetic ministry, but we also get a glimpse of his responsibility. Look in verse 10. See, I have this day set, before, set thee over the nations. I've set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. And you might say, well, how is that possible? Because, you know, even though Jeremiah and these Old Testament prophets resided for the most part in Judah and in, in Israel, they had effect, they had ministry to other people. They prophesied concerning other nations and concerning the Babylonians and concerning the Persian Empire. So he says in verse 10, I've set, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms, look at this, to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So we see this sort of what Ecclesiastes is talking about when he says there's a, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to break down, a time to build up. And that was true of his ministry. Part of his ministry was tearing down. Part of his ministry was building up. It's interesting to me that if you look at the verse 10, and this is kind of an aside, verse 10, it's, you can't... Look at, look at his, what we would call his negative ministry, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. There's four of those. The positive aspect of his ministry, to build and to plant, there's two of those. If you could take that literally, he spends twice as much time tearing down the error than he does building people up in the truth. But, and there was a lot of error in his day. But the point is, back to Ecclesiastes 3, you know, there's a time to break down in verse 3, and a time to build up. I think you could take that and apply it even to your parenting responsibilities. You know, there's a time for rebuke or correction. There's also a time of edification and encouragement. And, and the, point, the, point of, the whole point of this is, not only 
Are there times and seasons that are time sensitive, but they require discernment to know when, is, when it's proper to do the one and when it would be more proper to do the other? And I think what this boils down to, to me, is as believers, as disciples, as parents teaching children, we have to be discerning about what time it is. Brother uh, Aaron was asking me the title of the sermon tonight, and I said, what time is it? And that's really what we need to be discerning about. The decision. It's not just enough to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing at the right time. We want to be sensitive about that. And that's true. It'd be true in discipleship, you know, and trying to train someone and teach someone. You know, you don't rebuke someone for every mistake they make. You don't, you don't call them on the carpet every time they have a little hiccup in their life. But there are, there are times if you're actually discipling someone when you have to say, look, this is, God, you can do better than this. And there's, so there's times for building up. There's time for tearing down. Verse 4 says... There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. And again, it says, and it says a time to mourn and a time to dance. So again, these are things that are discerning. Is it time to laugh or is it a time to weep? Have you ever been in a situation where you, when you, were, you laughed and all of a sudden you realized that was not the right response? You know, and you know what that is? It's a lack of discernment. Laughing is good. At the right time. Laughing is inappropriate at the wrong time. Mourning is good at the right time. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. Verse 5 says, There's a time for gathering. A time to cast, cast away stones. And a time to gather stones together. Verse 5, There's a time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. So there's a time for gathering. And there's a time for scattering. There's a time for showing your affection. There's a time for not doing that. Verse 6 says there's a time to get and a time to lose. This may come as a shock to you, but you don't always win. I know the last president said you're going to get so tired of winning. And we were winning. But you don't always win. You know, if a person has money invested in the stock market and they have three or four or five good days, they get they get. They get spoiled by that. And then they have a bad day and they say, oh no, you don't win every day. There's a time to gain. There's a time to lose. And I believe there's a lot of wisdom in Ecclesiastes' words here about the stewardship of our time. You don't always win. The stock market doesn't always go up. In verse 6 it says, a time to get and a time to lose. There's a time to keep and a time to discard. Have you ever, have you ever held on to something that you don't need? Now, thankfully, these things are not quite as time sensitive. If you've got something you should have thrown away five years ago, for instance, if you've got things in a box, you moved 20 years ago. I'm preaching to my wife right now. <laughs> You moved 20 years ago and you put it in a box when you moved and you hadn't, you're still living there and it's still in a box. Something tells me it's probably not all valuable, whatever it is, right? There's a time for hoarding, there's a time for gathering, and there's a time for discarding. Have you ever thrown anything away and then regretted it? That's why a lot of us in our garage, we've got stuff, bolts, screws, brackets, all kinds of stuff that we don't know that we'll ever need it, 
But as soon as you throw it away, what's going to happen? You're going to need it. I knew I should have kept, up, kept that. There's a time for hoarding. It doesn't use the word hoarding, but it's a time for, for keeping, and there's a time for getting rid of it, casting it away. And uh, if you would ask some people in this room, like Ross Crowder, it's always time to throw stuff away, right? It's never a time for keeping it. If you hadn't used it in the last 36 hours, get rid of it. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but it's kind of that bad. So it's, there's a time. All these things are about time. It's about time management. It's a very practical uh, admonition to me. Life is made up of seasons and times. And times and seasons are sometimes out of our control. We don't have any say about them. They're, they're under the category of God's providence. There, there are other matters, many that are matters, like planning and reaping. These things are time sensitive. You know, you, you make the, right, the decision at the right time. The first time my wife and I, well, actually the church did this, and we did it with the church. The church uh, many, many years ago, well, we could count up how many years ago it was, is 2008. The church decided to put some money in it. it. Never had paid Social Security on me, never had put anything into retirement, so I decided to start putting a little money in retirement. So we put, made a significant investment in 2008, and about two or three months later, the stock market tanked. The great real estate bubble burst, the financial market, and so that was a bad timing. Now, thankfully, it, it recovered. But the point is, a lot of times when we make decisions, it's critical. You know, when God is working on your heart, it's not a time to postpone or procrastinate making a decision. If there's something you know you're supposed to do, something God wants you to do, you ought to do it now. Because that, that urging, that nudging in your heart may not be there next week. It may not be there next month. So many of the things in life, times and seasons are time sensitive and they require discernment. Verse 7 says there's a time to rend, that's to tear, to rend, and a time to sow. There's a time, verse 7 also, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. I think that's one of the most practical ones in this whole list. There's a time to be silent. Sometimes it's best not to say anything, right? Sometimes it's best to say something, right? See, amen would have been a good response there. It's time to say something. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Sometimes we're vocal when we ought to be listening. Um, sometimes we're quiet when we ought to speak up, right? And it's just, it takes discernment to know that. One of the one of the, the good things about social media is we can communicate with people, you know, around the world in an instant of time. I mean, I've communicated with people in foreign countries and they get right back with me immediately. It's a great, it's a great tool. But one of the bad things about social media is sometimes people get down there and vent and say things that really the, the whole world doesn't need to know. That ought to be a private thing. But they, and you know, another thing, and I've heard numerous people talk about this. I've even heard preachers talk about this. One of, the, one, of the bad, one of the hard lessons to learn about social media is once you put something out there, you can't really get it back. So there's a time, look at that in verse 
7. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. And under this category, it's, it's the, about the matter of discernment. I'll give you a couple of verses here. One of them's in Proverbs 29. It says, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. A fool just unloads everything that's on his mind. That could be a dangerous thing. All right? Be thankful I'm not going to do that tonight. But a wise man is willing to keep it in till afterward. Just hold on to it. Another verse is in Ephesians 5, just kind of the opposite. It says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You know, the Bible says it's not always wise. If you see somebody doing the wrong thing, it's not always wise to be silent. Sometimes you ought to reprove them. You ought to say, that's not good. That's not right. You shouldn't have said that. That'd be a good thing to do sometimes. You say, well, I don't, I don't know that I ought to. That's why we have discernment about what's appropriate. Should I be silent or should I speak? I don't want to speak just so I can speak my mind. I want to speak so that I might say something that would be helpful or something... Even if it's something that might be, you know, correcting someone, it's still helpful. And, and so this are, these are all things that are related to our time. Look in verse 8. It says, a time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Those kind of go together to me. And it's true of nations. Obviously, there are times that we ought to take up arms. There are times that we shouldn't. But it's also true in relationships. There's time... Time when we ought to, you know, say nothing. A time when we ought to, but uh, not express ourselves. But a time we ought to show ourselves, express ourselves to others. Same thing about that. A, a time to embrace in verse five. So all these have to do with time. I think it's, I think it's very, very foolish to think that time is not a valuable commodity that we've been given. Um, how we use our time. When we use our time. Do we use it in a constructive way? Do we use it in a destructive way? You know, I think it would be, you know, just thought about the verse in Psalms where it said, put a watch before my mouth. And that's not talking about putting your Timex up in front of your mouth. It means help me to guard my words. Help me to be cautious about what I say. To, whether that's to a family member, to a friend, to someone that you consider an enemy, whatever the case may be, we ought to be cautious about this. And there's a, there's a time for everything. And there's a time to speak. But there's a time to be silent. There's a time to build up. There's a time to tear down. So the question that it is, what time is it? And we need to be discerning. I think we need to be discerning about the times we live in. Um, I certainly don't know a host of preachers, but I know scores of preachers, and, and I can tell you in the last 12 months I've been before and with dozens and dozens of preachers, and I've heard them preach, and I've been able to preach to them. And I, there's sort of a, for the most part, there's a, a fairly universal sentiment Sentiment that we're living, these days are unique. What we're seeing happen are very unique. The, the globalism, the 
infringement upon personal, personal liberties, these kind of things, persecution of Christians. I mean, um, these things are not incidental. These things, I believe, are a part of the, the time that we live in. I was just listening to, this is Lord Star of current events, but I was listening to the news the other day driving in, and, and they were talking about the, a major city here uh, in our country who um, last weekend had a, had a major uh, Black Lives Matter rally, uh, public rally. This weekend they have a major gay pride rally, same city. The next weekend is 4th of July weekend. They're canceling Independence Day because it's too dangerous to be outside. Now, that's not just an uh-oh. That's not just a mistake. That is a, an, a, a designed attempt you know, to tear down the liberties of our country, I think. And there, it's in the schools. It's in government. And I'm just saying, we need to be discerning about the times that we live in. And I, I'm just going to be blunt with you about this. I think for anybody who is a true Christian who could go through this stage of our history and not be serious about their walk with God and their service to God, I cannot relate to that. Because we're living in the last days. I believe that with all of my heart. So we need to be discerning about the time and doing what God wants us to do. We shouldn't be hoarding when we ought to be giving. We, we shouldn't be talking when we ought to be listening. And we shouldn't be rejoicing when we ought to be mourning. Nobody likes to think about being sad. But Jesus said in the Beatitudes, we call them the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, the, the, these people that are broken. Blessed are they. We find that throughout the Bible. James, in this great epistle of James, one of the most practical epistles, well-known epistles of the Bible, James said this, let your, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And I think we ought to rejoice. I think we ought to rejoice in the Lord. I would come, come to church and rejoice and praise the Lord together. But you know, there's a time for weeping, a time for mourning, a time for repentance, a time for sorrow, a time for seeking God. And many Christians who want to be happy, happy, happy never really want to talk about repentance and getting right with God. But there's a time for everything. Life is not always a party, right? Life is great, but it's not always... A party, and every day and every season will not be the same. Don't don't fall into the trap of thinking that every day is going to always be the same. And there are times when we should be active and moving spiritually. There are times we may be waiting and seeking God. But I don't want to be I don't want to be postponing decisions. For these reasons, because I don't want to do it, because I'm lazy, because I'm procrastinating, because I think there'll be a better day next week or next month or next year or 10 years from now or one of these days I'm going to get serious about serving God. I think it's a very foolish line of reasoning. So a part of the Christian journey is being discerning about the time that we live in. And what God wants for us. To me, it's like, a, it's like dropped into this book of Ecclesiastes where there's so much um, that's, that is 
really unwise and foolish as far as his perspective, there's wisdom right here about, about the use of our time, the stewardship of our time. And you think it's always going to be the same? It's not always going to be the same. You're not going to feel the same. You know, aging catches up with you. And some of you don't even know what that means. Some of you know what it means because it's caught up with you and passed you. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's a part of life. We, we're all in different stages of life. And it's wise for us to ask the question, what, what does God want from me at this time? What does God want? Not, not what do my emotions want, not what do my friends want, but what does God want from me at this time? And wouldn't it be silly, wouldn't it be sad for a family, let's say a family has small children, they say, well, I'm just not going to get serious about training my children until they get older. That's one of the most ridiculous things. You, the sooner you start, the better it is. The earlier you start training them and investing in them and teaching them to love the Lord and teaching them to give to God and teaching them to serve God and teaching them to worship God, whose job is it to teach your children to do those things? It's not my job. I'll teach, but it's your job as a parent. And every day we wait and every year we wait, we're, we're, we're losing time. And you can't get that time back, can you? You can't do it. So... Some things you and I have no control over. So we don't need to worry about those things. But the things that are time sensitive, we need to be concerned and cautious about those. Right? And the things that we need discernment about, we need to ask God for discernment about this. And most of this people, you've, you've, you've experienced this. Many of you have. You're in a conversation and you're, you're not waiting just to say what's on your mind. You're thinking and praying and asking the Lord, should I say something or should I not? Would it be best for me to speak up or best for me to keep quiet? That's the way we ought to be, right? Because there's a time for everything, according to the Bible. Time to be silent and a time to speak. Amen. So let's ask God to help us to know the difference, to have discernment, to use our time wisely. And if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you're not saved, you say, well, does the Bible say anything about that? It does. It says now is accepted time. Today's the day of salvation. The, the Jewish people, the he Hebrew people, children of Israel, made the foolish mistake at Kadesh Barnea of accepting the majority opinion and not going in to Canaan. And they blew it. They blew it. And God said, you're going to pay for it. And then after that, don't miss this, after that, I mean right after that, after they said, no, we're not going to do it, and God said, okay, I'll deal with your rebellion. After that, some of them decided, we're going to go up anyway. And you know what? They failed. They failed. They failed doing what God told them to do, but doing it after God said to do it. Time's a pretty bad, important thing. We ought to be time sensitive. When God says go, we ought to go. 
God says, woe, we ought to woe. Amen? Let's pray together. Would you take a moment right where you are and talk to God about this? Maybe, maybe you're here and this doesn't apply to you. I, I find that hard to imagine. I think it applies to all of us. Help me to, God, help me to use my time wisely. Your time, the time you've given me. Help me to be discerning. Help me not to worry and get anxious over things that I have no control over. But help me to be sensitive and discerning about those things that are time sensitive. Our Father, as we pray tonight, we thank you for your word and we believe, Lord, that you've given us these words to challenge us, to instruct us, to encourage us about the seasons and times of life. We thank you for it. And Father, we want to be not only good stewards of our time, we want to be good stewards of the truth you've given us. So Lord, help us. Help us to know. Help us to learn. Help us to be sensitive. Help us to be led by the Spirit of God as to when we should speak and when we should be silent. As to when we should be gathering and when we should be scattering. When we should be tearing down and when we should be building up. Help us, Lord, I pray.